It's time for Around the Gridiron with your co-hosts, Marissa Voss and Brock Aker. What's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of Around the Gridiron. You missed my voice. I know I've been out. Your your girl is really busy all the time. It's exhausting working a full-time job and then having a second job and then having in a pandemic, we've been doing so much remote work, Brock. Like everyone in the office has removed remote and like I haven't, which is weird. But um, so like I've been doing that and then I moved an office space and I got an allergic reaction. So I couldn't be on last week, which I'm super upset about. How did that go with Jeff? Just like an overall consensus. Was that good? Yeah, Jeff came on and we had our probably most successful episode. Yeah, we had over 40 views and four likes on nice. YouTube. Um, alone. Uh, Jeff Turner was a great guest. He he loved talking. I could tell he's willing to come back whenever. I thought it was really interesting how uh, he literally walked in going to Tennessee. He, he ate out with his wife thinking about if his wife was going to take uh, go to college in the Tennessee area mm-hmm. uh, for med, med school, I think it was. And then he, he walked across to the Titans news and asked like if he could get a job and they gave him like a job on the spot to work for the titans which was it was kind of crazy uh, so pretty lucky but the, learning about his experiences and all the people he have talked to brett Favre, dan moreno it's, it's pretty crazy oh my gosh that's amazing i gotta meet this man we have to have him on another episode i'm sad i missed that holy crap brett Favre, like the brett Favre. yeah he, he said that he didn't know uh, how to talk to him he said he shook his hand he's like you're a god and really then he spaced out like the rest of the conversation or something he said yeah even to this day because i asked him about the off actor like since he's been working uh for a while he's have he has big people on his guest all the time as if he's still in awe with some players he meets and he's like yeah still like brett Favre and dan reno that one day that was just two years ago when he was working at uh, radio row so if you haven't listened to that uh interview conversation definitely look that up at uh our youtube around the gridiron uh, definitely an interview you'd want to listen to yeah absolutely so we looked at the past brock take us towards the future um your week 12 fantasy streamers go for it yeah we'll do the fantasy right at the beginning of this episode last week I uh, I hit a couple of Raiders last week with Derek Carr and Nelson Aguilar. They were the streams of the week at quarterback and receiver for me. And they got Carr had three touchdowns and Aguilar got in the end zone too and got 80 yards. So uh, coming off a decent week last week, I'll see if I have the same luck this week at quarterback. My quarterback stream of the week is Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is going against the Tennessee Titans we threw over 300 yards and a touchdown on Thursday night football just 10 days ago. The over-under is 51 in that game, and they're favored by three. So uh, Vegas expects them to get into the mid-high 20s again. And I, I expect the Titans, I don't know, the Colts' running game is still non-existent, really. Taylor looked good, uh, but the only person I'd really honestly trust is Phillip Rivers, who's starting to play a better football here of late after beating the Titans and Packers a couple big games these last two weeks at running back. Again, the the criteria for streams of the week is they're available in over 50% of leagues. Uh, So running back, it's kind of hard to find a streamer that's available in over 50% of leagues. 
but I, I gave you someone with big upside, and that's Devontae Booker. The Booker had a, a touchdown and a good amount of yards against the Broncos two weeks ago when the Raiders had a big lead against the Broncos and they could just run the clock out. They play the Falcons this week. I expect that to be the case. And Booker got two drives to himself last week, uh, kind of like what Mike McCarthy did a couple of years ago with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. He gives each running back a series. Josh Jacobs still the guy, um, but Devontae Booker getting one series to himself last week and the possibility of his team getting a lead and where he could get some more work. I think Booker could be a sleeper this week at the running back position. Wide receiver, I'm more confident in this wide receiver. It's Anthony Miller of the Chicago Bears. They play against the Green Bay Packers this week, and Mitchell Trubisky is going to probably be the quarterback this week. As Nick Foles did not practice Wednesday, that's the day we're uh, filming this, and Nick Foles didn't practice today. Last year against the Packers, Anthony Miller had over 100 yards and a touchdown, and that was with Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky's back, and Miller is probably going to go off with Allen Robinson likely to go against Jair Alexander if he gets cleared from his concussion. And then tight end, I'm going to go with Jordan Reed going against the Los Angeles Rams. George Kittle had a touchdown and over 100 yards in their win earlier of this year. Obviously, Kittle's out for the year. Jordan Reed only available in 22% of fantasy leagues. I would pick Jordan Reed up and start him if you need a tight end and see if he can have the same amount of luck as George Kittle did just a couple weeks ago. And that's my week 12 streamers. Woo. Hot takes. I'm like taking notes over here. Cause I literally, Oh, I, when I lost against you, I was so upset because if I would have put like, on the bench, if I would have put one in, like I would have gotten like two more points and be, it was so close. I was like, what? But, and then the week after that was just a absolute shit show for me. It was so bad. Like I didn't have anyone. I couldn't like, it was like all, like, I didn't even like my bench was bad. My starting lineup was bad. Like, I think I scored like 80 points. Like it was that bad. And then this week I won. So, which was really, really, really awesome. And then it's looking good for now this upcoming week but we're gonna look ahead as um we love to do and playoffs playoffs you don't talk about no playoffs no it's it's a big thing honestly for the nfl looking forward and anything and we're getting to that point in the season where we're looking for in the hunt on the bubble who's looking the best and making the best decisions and um brock i gotta say someone that i was really impressed with and because yes they are my second favorite team in the nfl um Taysom Taysom Hill looked so good and the Saints looked really good and they're right now sitting at eight and two first in the NFC South they're looking pretty good right now and they're in the hunt obviously no one's going to be like they're going to clinch the division they're going to do that this is all speculation at this point but they're looking really good and honestly obviously the only undefeated team in the league 10 and 10 and 0 Steelers first in the AFC North. What are you thinking about, you know, this divisional race and these, this playoff race right now? Yeah, the New Orleans Saints, obviously you said they're without Drew Brees. They have a nice easy schedule though. If Aaron or Drew Brees had to get hurt at any time this year, this was the right stretch as they just play the Falcons. Now they play the Broncos before they play the Falcons again. And then the Eagles. So hopefully Drew Brees is back for week 15 against Pat Mahomes. That'd be a, a great matchup there. But I, I don't see where uh, Taysom Hill honestly loses a game here in his uh, short stint. 
he's nothing overly special. He's got legs, obviously. He's good at running the football, and he can make enough throws that I feel confident that the Saints will still a win with him. And I think they're going to go 13-3. and three. Their only loss the rest of the way I see is against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think they're going to end up getting that number one seed now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this is this is the point in the year where you have to look at it black and white, right? You've got to say, you know, as much as we love this team or this team, you got to figure out, okay, well, my team's probably not going to make it or this team's probably not going to make it. And this is, if you think about it, I mean, you've got Steelers 10-0, you've got the Chiefs 9-1, Bills are 7-3, and and this is all obviously a- AFC. Um, Colts are 7-3, and Titans are 7-3, and Browns are actually 7-3. and I mean, this is a AFC is a pretty close to race you got for the playoffs and those are all on the hunt. And then obviously on the bubble, which is probably surprised a lot of people, but Baltimore Ravens are just at like above 500 this year. They're six and four, same with Miami dolphins. And then from then on, it kind of goes into the four and six and the three and sevens and everything else. So for the AFC, who are you probably the most confident that is going to get in and um, secure the spot early? Well, the Steelers have a chance to clinch this week. So they're undefeated if there's a couple uh, teams that lose. I think it's the Raiders if they lose and maybe the Browns and they clinch. Um, but obviously they're they're pretty much locks. And the Chiefs I got going 13-3. and three. I got the Steelers going forcing into their two losses this the rest of the season is against the Bills I have them losing. Um, and then I do think they're going to lose Sunday against the Ravens. Honestly, that game's going to be huge when it comes to the playoffs uh, for the Ravens. Like you said, they're on the outside looking in. The interesting thing I got about the AFC is I got the Steelers as the one seed, the Chiefs as the two seed, the Bills as a three seed, the Titans um, winning their division. And then all of a sudden you have three teams that make the playoffs as a wild card this year. I was doing the math. The Browns, Raiders, Ravens, and Colts, I had all finishing 10 and 6, and there's only uh, three spots for those four. Uh, that means the Ravens, obviously, I don't even know if they would make it in that situation. They might be the high team out of that four, Which, and I'm saying that if they beat the Steelers. So if they don't beat the Steelers, uh, they're going to be having to climb out of a huge uh, mountain, climb up a huge mountain if they don't pull up the upset against the Steelers this week. That's a big game. It got flexed to Sunday. Uh, but Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, they have to get something going. They've lost the last two weeks. They can't afford to lose three straight. No, you're right. Absolutely. And it, it, it comes as a shock, I think, for a lot of people to see the Ravens doing so in the middle this year and vanilla as they were the team last year and they have been the team in the years past. And it's a little bit of a switch up. Um, kind of a big switch up too you can look at for the NFC is also the Vikings. Vikings, you have so many components that are obviously I say this because I'm a fan, but you just look at it. Their their offensive roster, you have arguably one of the best rookie wide receivers in the game right now. Justin Jefferson, he's doing great things. You've got Adam Thielen, who is one of the best wide receivers in the red zone, but they're four and six. So it's a little bit of an off year and they're on the bubble big time right underneath their third in the NFC North, but right underneath the bears. Um, and then the, obviously the big honchos in this um, NFC is saints, Rams, Packers, even though they lost to the Colts. And unfortunately, which is so crazy to me is the 
Eagles are at like the fourth spot in the hunt right now, even above the Seattle Seahawks. Like we've talked about this though. Remember when we said they're like, we, someone could win, you know, with this bad of a, you know, a record and still get into the playoffs. And that's looking to be the Eagles. And it just baffles me because I'm like, wow, they're so bad yet though. They're above, they're above the Arizona Cardinals right now, but they're above the Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks. That's, is that crazy to you? Cause that just blows my mind. Well, that's because uh, each division winner gets to host a game. Uh, so you're automatically in the top four. Um, you'd be the worst record, obviously, who wins their division still gets a home game. That's why it's interesting that the Buccaneers, uh, Tom Brady might be smart right now as you don't rather. I talked to Jeff Turn last week, too, that you'd rather be a five seed than the two seed in the NFC this year, because if you're the five seed, you end up going to play an NFC East team. I'm not so sure it's going to be the Eagles. In fact, I think it's still going to be the Cowboys Mm -hmm. uh, that wins that decision or that division and will be the fourth seed. Um, But whoever plays for the NFC East, you'd rather be the five seed uh, going against that team. When I I filled out the rest of my bracket in the NFC, I have the Seahawks ending up being uh, the two seed. And that, that's the thing. I have the Cardinals as a 17. The Seahawks are going to have to face the Cardinals, who they split this year, instead of the Bucks playing the Cowboys, the Bucks being the five seed. So, as you can see, you would rather go to an NFC East team than play home against the Cardinals, who I think most likely will end up being that seventh seed. So that's the interesting thing about uh, the NFC and why so many people kind of want to get rid of division winners automatically making the NFL. Uh, playoffs because of how the NFC East is going to kind of screw up the the postseason of what seed you want in the NFC this this year. So one thing I'm going to ask is which teams do you see having no chance, obviously making the playoffs? We have the Jets, no chance because they haven't won a game yet. You know, you have Jacksonville Jaguars who've only won one game. Um, you've got Atlanta Falcons three and seven, the Washington football team, three and seven, what, and you did say the Cowboys, you think they're still going to win, um, their division, which honestly, the way they played against the Vikings, the way that Andy's back and they're moving a little bit better and grooving. I don't think you're wrong in that at all, but which teams do you look at and say, there's no chance you're making it? Uh, what conference do you want to start with? Uh, AFC Let's start with AFC since we just talked about NFC. Okay, so yeah, the Jets, Jaguars, Bengals, Texans, Chargers, Patriots, and Broncos. Uh, I don't see them having a real fighter's chance at all the rest of the season. So I've eliminated them. I, I think the people that are just outside looking in right now, according to the NFL by the records right now, is the Ravens and Dolphins. And that that's going to be the stretch uh, as we see the last stretch of the season to see who gets those three wild cards. I think it's going to be big. The Titans and Colts play each other this week. Um, that's going to be a big influence on who wins that division. I think the Titans end up winning their division, uh, even though I think they're going to lose this week. I think they're going to go 12 and four. Uh, I have the Bills winning out. I think they're going to go 13 and three. So then you look at the wild card, you have the Browns, you have the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Colts, and the Ravens. So you have five teams that are going to fill out those last three spots. So that's what I really uh, see 
going down in the AFC. I think it's really a nine-team uh, race to make the playoffs between the Dolphins, Ravens, Raiders, Browns, Titans, Colts, Bills, Chiefs, and Steelers. Some games to look out for. That's going to be a big dis- – and the deciding who's going to make the wild card is the Colts actually have a couple. They have the, the Titans this week. They also play – at Las Vegas, week 14. I think that's going to be a big, big game when it comes to decide the division. That's week 14. And then they play the Steelers, which is going to be tough on week 16. The Browns and Ravens playing a big game that could decide uh, wild card implications on week, uh, I think it's week 14 as well. Uh, so week 14 for the AFC wild card, that, that's going to be the big week where we see uh, maybe have more confidence in who's going to end up getting those last three wild card bits as all nine teams, uh, those nine teams that in the AFC, the two outside looking in right now, the Ravens or Dolphins still have a real shot at making the playoffs. I think it's a nine team race in the AFC right now. Okay, let's switch gears. Give me the news. Give it to me straight on my Minnesota Vikings. Just point blank. Do you see them potentially even beating out the Bears, beating out the Arizona Cardinals, uh, or even Tampa Bay for a spot in this NFC divisional race and the playoffs picture? They're going to have to get 10 wins to make the playoffs. Uh, I So that means they're going to have to win out. They're going to have to beat the Bears twice in a season, which they've yet to do against Matt Nagy. But I think they can beat the Bears. I have them winning that game, but they have to – play New Orleans and Tampa Bay as well, two of the better teams in the NFC. So they're going to have to beat both of them. I don't see that happening. Therefore, I have them at 8-8 eight and eight and not making the postseason. But there's still a chance, but they have to win out, in my opinion, to make the playoffs now. So, and that's it's so true because, and that's one of the main reasons why I got so upset at this last game. We'll get a little more, more more into that in this next segment because you'll hear my frustrations and my um, upset. I, I was maybe throwing some things around my apartment. We don't want to talk about that right now. I had very big anger issues. But there is one team that's looking really good right now. They're in, they've secured their spot pretty well is the LA Rams. They're in two right now, first in the NFC West. And it was a team that I didn't think was going to be that good this year. I'm going to be real. I didn't think that they were going to do anything and they've really shown themselves. And even obviously we know how good the Packers are, but that, that loss against the Colts on Sunday was really, really bad for them. And that was another reason why I wanted the Vikings to win so bad because it would have just put them in a perfect position to keep going and going on four wins and getting that going up. Um, What do you think about that Packers game? And do you think that that is going to throw off their mojo and throw off for their schedule in the next couple of weeks and even the playoff picture? Uh, I still have confidence in the Packers and win that uh, division, obviously, as now. They have a two-game lead. The Bears, I guess they're only two games behind the Packers. They get to play the Packers twice, so they still control their own destiny in the North, but I think the Bears are going to end up being 8-8. Eight and eight. I like the Vikings. So the Packers, I have them going 12 and four. I think the only game they lose the rest of the season is against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I have the Packers as the three seed. You talked about the Los Angeles Rams, and I guess that can go back to the Vikings. Do the Rams play the Niners uh, this week? The Niners also play the the Cardinals one more time and the Seahawks twice. So if you're a Vikings fan, 
you're also going to be a San Francisco 49er fan as they're playing a lot of the wildcard teams because assuming that the Vikings don't make the playoffs, it's going to be two NFC West teams. And for them to make it, they're going to have to beat up on each other. So if you're Marissa, you're going to have to be cheering for the 49ers the rest of the way because they're going to be playing against a lot of the teams that the Vikings are trying to fight against to make uh, a wild card. I think the Rams don't win the division. I think they end up being the sixth seed. I think that I still like the Seahawks winning that NFC West. Yeah, I've got um, – I did have two, and then I switched them out because he was bad. But I've got at least Jarek McKinnon on my team for the 49ers. So always got to root for him, and I'm not even mad about rooting for the 49ers. I think that I'm very skeptical. I'm As anyone knows, a Minnesota Vikings fan is, like, the most optimistic person every single year without doubt like for some odd reason we're always like no this is our year i'm like why are we like this we get our hopes up and then it just comes crashing down every single year but i mean it's kind of the way it goes with football as well brock is there anything else we didn't cover in this playoff run and looking at you know who's on the bubble who's getting a lock and who is just not having a chance you want to cover before we switch gears uh, the Buccaneers, I guess that's the big one. I had them uh, winning the division, but with them losing to the Rams uh, this past week, as uh, we mentioned with the Rams looking good, I don't think the Buccaneers will win the division as the Saints have an easier schedule. But I, I don't not trust Tom Brady like a lot of people are giving him grief. I honestly think the, well, the Buccaneers have a good chance of securing that five seed and possibly winning out if they can beat the – the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's about. That's it, Tom Brady. Oh man, that man. I. He's rough. He's rough right now. But we'll get to that in a little bit later. So we're gonna switch gears now. We're gonna talk more about you know the Vikings and, you know Tom Brady and Joe Burrow and just kind of the yikes it felt like last week was at least if for me I felt like a lot of things I was like eesh. But with the Vikings, I'm just going to go in because I need you guys need to hear my frustrations on why I'm so upset. Um, overall, they're look they were looking really good. I mean, they won three in a row, and yeah, were they pretty easy wins? But at the same time, they weren't easy. They weren't that easy. So they proved themselves. And you know, Dallas looked to be a pretty easy game, I would have thought. Um, and then Dalton came back, and that was a big changer for that Dallas team. It really was. And Zeke had a pretty good night, which is. Zeke is very uncharacteristic. He can be up and down and left and right, in my opinion. But one of the big things I thought we didn't do, obviously, was our defense. Our secondary is absolutely horrible. Um, always has been, but always will be this season. So that doesn't change. But my thing is Justin Jefferson, he made that amazing, it was like 50-yard throw, and he was beautiful, beautiful catches that are so hard, right? And then you get to when you have – less than a minute or two minutes left and you have a wide open catch to get the first down and it's literally just like like it was literally like that I don't understand that like I don't get how you get paid so much and you you can't make that catch but you make all these unbelievable catches so for me that was a big point where I was like Jefferson this is the first time I've actually been upset at you yes you you're so good but we were rooting for you like we were all rooting for you you get that you make that con like conversion and you get four more opportunities to push it down the field and potentially get something and even tie the game. 
do you agree with that statement? I don't know if you caught that, but or caught the end of tail end of that game or saw that, but I thought that was a big turning point where I thought if he gets this and makes this catch, we're in. And he just he couldn't. It's a, it's a textbook catch. Every wide receiver needs to make that. Yeah, that was definitely a, a bad drop, but I wouldn't put that game on a Justin Jefferson. I'll put it on Mike Zimmer again, his defense yeah. giving up 31 points to Andy Dalton. Uh, they just had trouble all over to stopping him. Just remember before he got hurt, going against the Redskins, he looked awful. Going against the Cardinals, um, he, he looked awful. So I don't know. I think tomorrow's game, this is coming out Friday, so I guess yesterday's game with Andy Dalton and the Redskins. I'm excited to see if Andy Dalton's back uh, against that Redskins defense or if the Vikings is just that bad of a defense after them playing. The Vikings, D's been playing well lately, so I don't know what was their problem, but I would put that game definitely on the defense more than uh, that one drop by Justin Jefferson. But I, I agree with you. He definitely needs to make that catch. Yeah, it's really hard. Our defense has our defense. We've been I've compared them to a lot. The Seattle Seahawks. It's just we've been so we're so young, but it, the secondary is just horrible, and it needs to happen. Like I said, if you make Andy Dalton look that good, like it's Andy Dalton, like you can't make him look that good. He's not that good, but we made him look good, and it's unfortunate. And especially like I said, all the offensive components we have, I I still can't do the math. You have like the number one rusher basically number one number two in the league you have Adam Thielen who is doing amazing in the red zone you have Justin Jefferson who's a really good rookie right now you even have all of these other components I mean you've got Chad Beebe making some stuff Kyle Rudolph you don't put out you know Irv Smith dumbfounded you we pay so much money to have a defensive minded coach and he just can't I'm so frustrated. Well, you got you got a lot of injuries too. I think winning these last, past three games before that game uh, gave the fan base hope again to make the playoffs. And on the podcast, I said they have a real chance at making it. Um, they just had to win the games that uh, they're favored to, and they were seven point favorites last week. Again, they they still have a chance to make the playoffs. I think they're going to need ten wins to make it. Uh, they may only need nine. If, like I said, the San Francisco 49ers are your friend and uh, can beat up the Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks for you, or at least one of them, uh, to really get out of that wild card race or give the Vikings or Bears a, a chance to get that, that seven seed. But that loss just really uh, hurts hurts the Vikings big time and the Rams one, uh, making them look good. The, the NFC West is just those three teams, Rams, Seahawks and Cardinals are really good. And then the Bucks and Saints, whoever loses that division, still that loser is still really good. It's just a tough uh, year for the Vikings or one of those outside looking in eight through 16 in that conference to make the playoffs. Unless, again, the Steelers and Ravens got flexed to Sunday. They said they'll have a better idea Friday if they have a control of the virus, but if not, they might have to move that game to week 18. And the NFL's come out and said it. If they move games to week 18, there won't be a buy for the one seed. They'll put 16 teams in the playoffs, meaning there'll be eight teams in each conference. And if there's eight teams that make the postseason, I think it's the Vikings or Bears that end up being that eight seed. Uh, so it sounds bad, but 
the Vikings' only hope making the playoffs probably is if there's a COVID uh, outbreak. And that's so sad. It's like the only choice is people getting sick and us having moving stuff back. But if there's a will, there's a way. Like it's so it's so it's such a catch twenty two for like a lot of fans. For me, like I love sports, but I would never like wish COVID on anyone to get in a better positional spot. Like, you know, if we can't win out the right way, just don't give it to us. Like, if we can't get to it and win the right way, I don't even, like, want it, you know? I'm like, I just don't want it because it's basically, like, the participation trophy you get, at, like, when you do bad. You are like, you do so bad at sporting events. But they're like, here you go. At least you tried. Like, I don't want that. I wanted to get, like, second, and I got, like, this participation trophy. This is dumb. Like, I might How crazy would that be, though? If they end up that happening and they get the eight seed, like you said, uh, you don't want it that way. But let's say that happens and they're the eight team in and the Saints are the one seed, like I think they're favored to be. You have that rematch. And if Minnesota again goes into New Orleans and the Saints lose uh, that as a one seed in the opening round of the playoffs, I can't imagine the Saints fan base if that happens. We do that again. Like we've done that for like three years in a row where we just go and we play them and we beat them and we have no idea. Like we like all all the times we play them, we haven't really had a chance and we do it. And it's like Saints, what's what's going on here? And you know, if Drew Brees is out for that long and we're going against Hill, I mean, this could this could be a big shot. Obviously you have uh, Michael Thomas back and you've got Alvin Kamara and you've got Hill going and I mean there was one th- one interception he'll through where I was like, that was not, not good, not good. But overall, he looked pretty good. So miracles can happen. Um, obviously, we've all seen the movie Miracles, so we all know that. If you haven't, um, what are you doing right now? Go watch it. It's, makes you want to run through a brick wall if you love hockey. But let's talk about someone who um, doesn't look like he needs to run through a brick wall anytime soon. Um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady looks, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Tom Brady looks old right now. Last game, Tom Brady looked old. The look on his face when he threw that interception was just like, it's like a meme. It's like this, he's like, like he just looks tired, you know? He's thrown nine interceptions this season. That's that's an all, I'm pretty sure it's like an all-time high for him. He's not used to throwing that many. He's not used to being off his game and off his rocker. And I'm saying that because he's old. Like, you know what I mean? But he's still super good. Like, he's it's ridiculous how old he is and how well he's doing. It's kind of like the Brett Favre thing where he's like, you're still like, you're at an age where everyone like Andrew Luck, who's like so younger than he retired, you know, all of these components that work into it, but he's just looking a little fried out right now. What do you think about that? I think it's a lot to do with it. It's his first year with all these new wide receivers, a new system. He's, he's been around. So people are wondering he's, he's what, 43 years old. He's been in the league for over 20 years. He should be able to adapt uh, fast. And my answer to that is I think he has. There's still seven and four, but the deep ball is so much chemistry built. Uh, It's so much feel for your receiver knowing where he's going to be at. And right now he just does not have that with his wide receivers. I'm not going to count him out uh, from getting that deep ball. It sounds like they're doing it in practice, but Practice and game speed is still well, widely different, especially against the players that, you know, they're ready for. Most of the time when you're going against a defense 
for for the Buccaneers they're going against. They're blitz, but they still have a safety high because they don't want to get beat by Mike Evans or Antonio Brown. While I think in practice, the Buccaneers are one of the defenses that blitz the most. So I don't know if in practice he's even seen a safety on top, and that might be the reason why he's doing good in practice. But either way, I'm not down on Tom Brady yet. I think they'll they'll get things going here. Uh, again, with great quarterbacks and Hall of Famers, I'm going to – believe in them until they fully f- fall down flat on their face seven to four that's the number i keep looking back at the, the buccaneers are still seven and four and right where they need to be like i said if they get the five seed and they have to play the nsc East, all of a sudden they have a path to still uh, have a chance to go to the super bowl yeah absolutely there's always there's always the saying that i love to look back on it's um great teams great players find a way to win you know, if you are a truly great team, you're going to find that way to win. You're going to find the way to get in the playoff um, race. You're going to find the way to get in the divisional race. That's just how it is. And Tom Brady is great. I used to I used to be pissed when people would tell me that. I used to, like, deny it till the, you know, sun went down. But it's just the fact of the matter is he's doing what he's doing. He's got so many trophies. He is one of the greats. He will be a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt in my mind. So, yes, I think that, and I think that's a lot to do with it, the chemistry. I mean, like I said, that's why rookie quarterbacks and so many of these things have a hard time in their first year because you've got to build that chemistry. And that doesn't come in a season. That comes, you know, with time and age. And it comes with you being there for so long, right? You can't be the odd man out and then get in and be like, oh, we're all friends now. We're going to learn all the routes and we're going to do all this and everything's going to be easy peasy. Like, no, it's not. It's hard. Um, one thing I'm going to say, we're going to go on to the next thing about talking about right rookie quarterbacks, something that hurts. This one hurts Joe Burrow's injury, you know, not even as a Bengals fan being like, oh, we have a chance. We have a chance. You know, they're, they're not that good. They don't have a chance. It just sucks to see a rookie with so much potential and do so well in the league and have all everything and then have him you know, he tears his ACL and MCL and he has to do reconstructive surgery. That's something that sticks with you. You have obviously know all the knee injuries and all the injuries and Alex Smith and all these things that go in. Are you Brock, are you genuinely worried about this affecting Joe Burrow's career starting out? And, you know, will this have a lasting impact on him? Well, there was structural damage and more damage uh, than initially I thought, which isn't a good sign. Um, but with the doctors nowadays, with all the intel they have, um, all the rehab, you have, what are they, physical therapists? I'm not that worried about him coming back. You see Alex Smith, he's going to be starting on Thursday, Thanksgiving against the Cowboys after, if not the worst knee injury a quarterback's ever come from, come back from. And Joe Burrow's still really young. And when you're young, you still heal faster uh, than when you're in your 30s. So I don't think it's going to impact his a career I still think he has a bright future ahead of him. The thing that might worry me a little bit is the Bengals at the beginning of next year because since there's more than initially was, they said it's a nine-month to uh, 12-month recovery, which would put him right up to that first opening week of uh, the 2021 regular season. So he's no lock to start the season as the quarterback next year because of that injury. That's the one thing I'd be worried about, but I still think he has a bright future ahead of him here in the next, hopefully, 10 to 15 years. Let's talk about 
let's talk about the chances of him not coming back. Are they going to have to draft a rookie quarterback, do you think? Are they going to have to draft another rookie quarterback, or are they going to just try to do free agency, pick someone up, maybe, you know, bring someone up, do those kinds of things? Because you obviously we've talked about this. We've had the Trey Lance talk. We've had all of these other talks. We've had the Trevor Lawrence talk. Um, what would be maybe the best route for the this Bengal team to take in case the injury and the rehab is longer than expected? Uh, I, I think they'll know by next end of April, by that time, if the knee injury is awful, that they don't think he's going to be the same player. Um, but I don't think they're going to be drafting the quarterback in the draft next year. I think they're going to be drafting offensive linemen. So when Burrow comes back, they keep him healthy. I could see them signing Ryan Fitzpatrick or some veteran next year if they think Burrow's going to be out a week or two. Uh, just to see if they're with their experience that they can give him a win a game or two of the first couple of weeks that he's gone. But I don't expect the Bengals to draft the quarterback at all or sign up a, a young rookie quarterback like a Cam Newton or anything. I, I think they're going to obviously still think Joe Burrow's going to be their guy the rest of the hopefully the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. One more quick comment that you made. You mentioned mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you're thinking that he's just going to be out of the Miami Dolphins. You think that he's going to be like going to free agency or just leaving the team? Because I mean, he is now designated the starter for this um, this weekend. Tua is now benched. So, what are you thinking about that? What's your thought process? They they came out with that now. Fitzpatrick is starting. I thought Tua was starting. I. Th- Thought I just saw that someone said Tua was benched. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive I thought saw on Twitter that they said Tua is not starting. If that is wrong, then yeah. So three hours, Tua jammed his left throwing thumb in practice. Huh. Wow. So um, that might be a thing where, like, that's what I thought I saw where Tua might be benched and Ryan's making his move up just because, like I said, like you can't obviously like it's your throwing thumb and it's jammed, but it must've been a pretty bad jam. I don't usually when I jam my like thumb, I just like pull it out like a G and then I'm good to go. So I don't know if that's like, it's something really, really bad, but um, yeah, I think that's going to be maybe a case for Ryan. Cause it says, it looks like, you know, they're going to monitor it, but it looks like it's more going in favor of um, Ryan Fitzpatrick starting on Sunday. Unless like that, Ryan Fitzpatrick starts this weekend, leads the Dolphins to a Super Bowl and wins it, which is uh, probably not going to happen. No, I don't think Fitzpatrick's on the Dolphins uh, next year. It's to his team uh, when he's healthy. He had a tough game against the Broncos where uh, he got benched, uh, but that was just one game. This is definitely to his team. When you spend a top 10 pick, you're going to ride them out at least a couple of seasons. So, and no injury is going to stop them unless it's they don't think he's going to play another snap, really. So, yeah, I think this is definitely to his team. I think Fitzpatrick could go to a place where he might be able to start a game or two with someone's injured um, or be a backup and know that he will be a backup so he's not blindsided like he was this, this year when Tua out of nowhere ended up being the guy after the bye week. Yeah, absolutely. I know I – 
wow, I actually kind of knew something before Brock knew it. Uh, this is like a, a new feeling. I think I'm, I think I'm better than everyone. Like, this is a cool feeling. <laughs> yeah, you, Fitzpatrick like, got me. I got you. Let's go. Okay, so we're gonna do we're gonna do a little bit of a small preview of week twelve, but then we're gonna go into the meat and potatoes and see if we can I can um beat Brock again in the the lock and upset. But just give me you know two of the games two or three max that you're really looking forward to and that you think are going to be um, probably like even America's games of the week or Brock's games of the week. Uh, definitely the Chiefs Buccaneers is the biggest game of the year, possibly when you have Tom Brady, the goat going against the possible new goat uh, of the NFL coming in with Patrick Mahomes. That's the best game, obviously, of the week. And then you got some good divisional games between the Titans and the Colts, which will be big for the division race. And then the Ravens need to get back on track against the Steelers. Otherwise, they're going to be really hard to get back into the postseason uh, for the third straight year with Lamar Jackson. And how crazy would that be, him being MVP, everyone's favorite to finish winning the division, coming back on the Madden cover and them not even making the playoffs. Uh, that's, those are the three games like that. I think are the biggest when it comes to this Sunday bears and Packers Sunday night, it's going to be a good one as well. I think those got, teams always make it close when you have a big rivalry like that. So three big division games between the Packers, bears, Titans, Colts, Ravens, Steelers. And then uh, the big one at 325 is obviously Mahomes versus Tom Brady, another great Sunday of NFL football. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So is there no, since that game got flexed, um, the Steelers and Ravens, is there no Thursday football? Or do they have some Thanksgiving? Well, it's Thanksgiving, so that you got the Lions playing, uh, I guess, yesterday, because it's just coming out Friday yeah, at 11.30. Guess, okay. Against the Texans and then the Cowboys against the Redskins. There's no Thursday night football, uh, but there's the two games in the afternoon afternoon so everyone can go to bed at a good night i guess thursday night and get ready for a black friday shopping online oh look at that you've already got a plan he's already planned his entire football thing he's like okay i'm gonna do this 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 and then secretly i'm gonna go black friday shopping online and no one's gonna know that i do this i actually already did my christmas shopping on i, I did my christmas shopping at dick's just a week ago oh my gosh stop being ahead of me and everything i literally haven't even thought about Christmas presents like I have but uh, not for everyone else I went Christmas kind of Christmas shopping with my mom because she needed my help but other than that I'm like oh my god I've got to think about that my paycheck cannot pay that like I'm like I can't I've got so much bills and work I haven't even I'm gonna wait for Cyber Monday Cyber Monday is the one to go I think that's gonna be the big pandemic especially since is Black Friday gonna even happen I mean it's a pandemic people don't go out I think Black Friday is kind of like Cyber Monday. I think most of the deals are still online. I just want to see Amazon like this next week, their warehouse. That's got to be a really crazy. And hopefully they no one there gets COVID because if someone gets an outbreak there, I don't know what's going to happen this Christmas. No idea. I don't know. Christmas is canceled. If that happens, which is crazy. Oh, my gosh. This pandemic is driving me 
nuts. This is, we're living through history, y'all. We're living through history. That's all I got to say. But what's, maybe let's live through some, some other history where I upset Brock and he gets two of them wrong and I get two of them right. Let it go to the best segment of the show, best for last, lock and upset. Brock, take it away. You start it. Who do you have for your lock and upset this week in week 12? Well, my lock is definitely this week as the Arizona Cardinals. My New England Patriots look awful against Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, and the Houston Texans didn't have an offensive line. Laramie Tunsil was hurt. Their left guard was out, yet we could still bring no pressure on Watson, and they didn't even have a run game. The Cardinals have a better offensive line, even a possibly a better quarterback with Kyler Murray, and they have a run game with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. I think the Cardinals go into Arrowhead across the country and kick the crap out of us. My lock is Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. My upset this week is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're not going to lose back-to-back games. They haven't lost back-to-back games this year. Going against the Kansas City Chiefs, I know that's tough on a short week to play against Patrick Mahomes. But Tom Brady's got to be tired of all this this media getting on him for being 0 for 19 or whatever on deep balls. I know there's people saying that he didn't shake hands with Jared Goff or any of the players that he's lost to. And whenever you doubt Tom Brady or give him bulletin material, that's when he goes out and performs. I think that's going to be a shootout. It's going to be great. You got Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady. That game is going to be a show that's going to maybe last forever because there's going to be so many touchdowns in that game, long drives. Uh, This is the game of the year, and I mean the game of the year, and I think the Buccaneers get the upset. Who else is ready to, like, run through a wall right now? Like, that was amazing. I'm just ready to run through a brick wall. Like, let's go, football. Beautiful. Well done. All right, so big one for me, lock of the week. We've got to go with no one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking, obviously, the Buffalo Bills over the L.A. Chargers. I think that this is the Buffalo Bills' year. They're doing really well right now, obviously, sitting at, what, 7-4? Seven 7-4. Four, um, yeah, 7-3 at top of the AFC East. Yeah. yeah, see, I'm telling you, it's their year. I have good feelings about them. Yeah, we wavered a little bit with our three losses, but they're still back and better than ever. My boy Stephon Diggs is looking as beautiful as ever. So I got to go with them with my lock. And then my upset, this one – I don't – for this one, I'm not – which one – because isn't Tennessee favored? Uh, no, the Colts are favored. Really? Good, because I picked <laughs> the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry over the Colts because, yes, they did beat Aaron Rodgers, but we all know Aaron Rodgers from time to time. He can't be perfect. He can't be a Tom Brady. I don't know. It's just too much of a dad bod for me to even – ever think that but I'm I'm liking what the Tennessee Titans are doing and I think that they're going to take that and Derrick Henry is actually going to have an absolute monster of a game because how can you ever tackle him he stiff arms you and he's you're done so I'm taking the Tennessee Titans as my big upset and then my lock obviously the Buffalo Bills and if we go both 2-0 and on this I'm I'm I don't know what I'm gonna do I think I'm just gonna like jump for joy I don't know I'm gonna be happy I don't know I'm going to be excited. That's all. I just, 
I have a good feeling about this. Yeah, not months. every day, uh, every week, Tom Brady and, is an upset and Derek Henry is an upset. So, yeah, we definitely picked a couple profile teams, but obviously the Colts and Chiefs are great too. So it'll be a fun week. And I, I'm just excited fantasy-wise. I hope everyone uh, has good luck and everyone enjoys their Thanksgiving break. Yeah, from all of us, as in all, I mean Brock and I, um, from around the gridiron, um, happy Thanksgiving.